So unemployment is on the rise. Does that mean we're heading into a recession? Let's find out. This is the Miss Saga Life. I'm Sean Jaffrey. All right. So according to the latest unemployment rate data, it looks like unemployment is finally going up to levels that we used to have prior to COVID. So I'm looking at this chart, this unemployment rate chart, and it's showing me that since the 1980s all the way up to 2020, unemployment's kind of hovered around 8%. I mean, we've had lows of close to six and highs of like 13%. Um, COVID-19, to give you some perspective, when we had the lockdowns, Unemployment at that point was about 14, 14.5%. So we are at right now about 5.5%, which is barely off the all-time lows. But again, you know, we always kind of monitor the trends just to kind of see in which, which direction the things are headed for in the next little while. And it seems like unemployment is going up. Uh, ideally, from what I've heard from the Bank of Canada, you know, they'd like the unemployment rate to be around 6%. That's, I guess, normal for them. Anything less than that just means that, you know, inflation is going to keep going up. How does that make sense? Well, we're going to have to have an economist on one day and talk to them about it. I have a feeling half the people are just going to fall asleep listening to that. But anyways, let's talk about what are we seeing in practical terms when it comes to unemployment? Um, all sorts of stuff being shared on social media, uh, on TikTok, on Instagram, where there's lineups of people who are waiting to apply for jobs as grocery store clerks, as security guards. I mean, we're talking like 100 people in the line. So things are definitely changing from where they were, I don't know, three months ago. They came across this post on Reddit, uh, which is uh, posted by somebody in the biomedical sciences. And he goes on to say, I've been struggling to find a job. I graduated in February and I still didn't find a job. I'm currently based near Vaughn. Forget about white collar jobs. I'm not even able to find odd jobs. The rents are super expensive. Crime rate and the number of unemployed people are rising. I want to move out of the GTA and work in some other city in Ontario. I haven't traveled much, but I don't know how, I don't know a lot about other cities. I want to know which place will be the best to move to in terms of both affordability and finding work. I mean, it's anecdotal, I get it, but none of this kind of computes, right? I mean, when you have this position right now, the situation where you have all these people that are lining up for entry-level positions, I mean, just basic labor jobs or security, and then you keep bringing in more and more non-permanent residents, where is the sense of that? Because a lot of these people, if they don't get jobs and they kind of fall in hard times, who are they going to turn to uh, for support? Taxpayers. And it's 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 happening in the corporate sector as well. I mean, in the banking industry, I got this excerpt from uh, the Globe and Mail. Uh, the headline was, Canada's banks quietly shedding jobs as recruiters warn of rampant overhiring in recent years. So obviously, you know, with the bank and with what was happening in the real estate market and getting the mortgages done, you needed manpower for that at that time. But now things are slowing down. Banks are going to shed a lot of uh, manpower as well. So the article says, slowly but steadily, Bay Street is slashing jobs. Royal Bank of Canada Chief Executive Dave McKay all but announced imminent layoffs in May when he acknowledged in a conference call with analysts that the bank had overshot hiring by thousands of people. Weeks later, more than 100 people were dismissed from the Capital Markets Division of Bank of Montreal. Little else has emerged publicly about the broader trend of layoffs at Canada's big banks, but expert, experts in financial services recruitment say that it is exactly the point. This stuff is usually done in a cloak of darkness. Bill Vlad, chief executive of Toronto-based recruitment firm Vlad & Co., said in an interview, instead of firing 200 people in one day, they will do 20 here 
and 20 Vera, so it doesn't hit the public radar. Um, real quickly about the GDP, last week's GDP report showed yet another decline in real GDP per capita, and that's using the ARCB understated monthly LFS population numbers. The decline is significantly larger if we use a quarter the, the official quarterly estimate. The reality is that the population growth is now running well ahead of the growth in the broader economy. Uh, we're starting to see an infection, inflection in public sentiment towards immigration. Now, there's this poll that Ben Rabideau, who's an uh, economist, put out on Twitter. If you don't follow him, follow him. Good information. Um, so the question was, should Canada consider a temporary slowdown in immigration? And it was a resounding 87.1% yes. 12.9% no. Um, we are seeing the impact of this on just the general population. I, again, I know this is anecdotal, but just talk to anybody. You know, we're in a position right now where when it comes to our schools, when it comes to hospitals, any sort of social service right now, your transit system or whatever it is, it's overburdened. It's underfunded. Uh, we all know the stories about waiting in ER for eight hours or whatever the case may be. And now when you bring in a million more people, uh, have you properly planned and built more hospitals to accommodate everybody? Or is it just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse? Uh, based on what's been happening last two years, three years, housing, um, temporary workers, all this stuff. I mean, I, I just don't see the liberals coming back in power. By the way, I am very apolitical. I really don't care who comes into power. Uh, just kind of making a point here. There was a post on, or in Toronto Star, the headline read that Polivier says Canada's immigration system is broken, but sidesteps target cut questions. So I don't think he's going to stop immigration, but you know, I mean, it's politics at the end of the day. It doesn't really make a difference. If you look at the number of NPRs or non-permanent residents, we've talked about it before, but it's mentioning, it's worth mentioning again and again. Um, it is insane. Um, you know, when it came to non-permanent residents, if you go back to as far back as 1975, and that's going back quite a bit, it's been below 200,000. I mean, if it was 150,000, that'd be high. It would always be under 100,000. And here we are. Uh, last year, it was 750,000 um, that added to the Canadian population of non-permanent residents. I think they're probably going to do something to reverse gears in this, but it's probably not going to be done in the guise of we need to control temporary immigration or temporary workers immigration. Now, when it comes to real estate, rates just keep going up. Fixed rates keep going up. Uh, fixed rates were at close to 5%, just a couple months back. Now, fixed rates, uh, three years are close to about 6%, 5.8, 5.9. variables, uh, three year, you're looking at about 7%. So that's definitely having impact on the real estate market. Here's something interesting that I found. Habitat for Humanity is always kind of associated with kind of helping people out who need help with real estate, with purchasing homes, even building homes. There was a headline. Here's the headline. As home prices soar, Habitat for Humanity helps higher income Canadians buy property. After decades of helping low-income Canadians get into homes, which is what I thought they did, Habitat for Humanity is witnessing a profound change in who it is assisting. The charity is increasingly backstopping mortgage loans for higher-income households, including those earning about $100,000 a year, in yet another sign of how unaffordable Canada has become. Quote, we're serving families that look like they're doing so much better, said Ian Underwood, the chief executive with Habitat for the Toronto region. But Ms. Underwood said, in reality, they are struggling. We're seeing stress in every part of the market from mortgage rates to rental costs, to interest rates and construction costs. And all 
and, and this is all coming at a time when incomes are stagnant and we're experiencing record inflation. It's unlike anything I've seen before said Mrs. Tremaine. Okay, so this quote from somebody else. So it should, come, it should come as no surprise that sales have weakened in major markets and we're and it will likely get worse over the next couple of months. Uh, according to contacts, July saw a scramble by some buyers who either had to purchase before the rate holds expired or face mortgage rates some 75 points higher. So there are different institutions kind of forecasting that we are yet to still kind of go down an average price. I mean, who knows what will happen? Uh, but it is being said, we're looking at about 20 to 25% from the peak of where real estate prices were. So last year, um, March was the peak. If you're looking at a million dollar house uh, in March, uh, we're expecting by next year, mid-year, that price would have come down to about $750,000, 20-25%. But obviously, all this has to be taken with a grain of salt, depending on the recession, depending on interest rates, inflation, all that stuff, things could change. All right, so what else is happening? Let's talk about inflation here for a sec. So this is June numbers. Uh, inflation, according to the stats, can inflation rate has fallen back to the country's target range for the first time in more than two years, tumbled to 2.8% in June, but Canadians continue to pay substantially higher prices for groceries, of course, as prices rose 9.1% year over year. This was in June, but I believe the August numbers that, uh, or sorry, the July numbers that came out, inflation had once again kind of gone up to 3.3% from 28 uh, because inflation was being caused or 30% of that inflation was being caused by the interest rates on mortgages. As more and more people renew, that number is going to go up. A new report from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, CFIB, is forecasting an economic rebound in the third quarter, along with a continued easing in inflation. There's no recession in sight for the short term. Uh, yeah, let's see. Things are definitely changing in the housing market. Sotheby's International Realty Canada uh, reported overall the GTA, which includes Durham, Halton, Peel, York, and Toronto saw residential sales over $10 million decline 56% on an annual basis in the first half of the year, while sales over $4 million contracted 35% and sales over $1 million fell by 29%. I have a feeling those numbers are going to grow for the, for the second half of this year. Urban Nation reports that GTA new condo sales experienced slowest first half of the year since 2013, first time in 10 years. The period brought 6,700 new in new condo sales, 60% below the sales seen during the same period of 2022. Down 60%. This year's first half is 42% below the first half 10-year average of 11,000 units sold. So yes, uh, that and to add to that, uh, it was the first time in 10 years that new condo prices actually came down. Um, you know, obviously signaling that the demand just isn't there right now. TD economists warn that Canada's housing supply gap could widen by 500,000 units within the next two years if immigration continues at its current pace. Over the past year, population grew by 1.2 million people, more than double the space, more than double the pace seen in 2019 and the years preceding. So there's a double whammy here, isn't there? Like you have a lot more people coming in, and then at the same time, sales for new condos has slowed down as well. So you get more people, less new construction being built one or two years down the road, and we're looking at a problem. So I mean, this needs to be at the forefront of our of our minds when we're talking politics, elections, and all these other things. Here are the cut and dry numbers. What are you going to do to kind of fix the problem?
but that's it. That's the latest and greatest for now. Uh, definitely will keep you posted with the newest information next week. Uh, please don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I will see you in the next one. Take care.